This is Toolbox.Vet, a guide for providers and advocates working with veterans. Thanks for listening. All right. We are here today talking about toxic exposures. Uh, with us, we have Paul Cox. Paul, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Yeah. Hi. Um, thanks for inviting me to talk about this stuff. I'm... Um, uh, I'm in my mid-70s. I'm a Vietnam veteran. I was in the Marines. I spent 18 months in Vietnam. Um, I was exposed to Agent Orange, but as far as I know, I do not have any diseases related to Agent Orange. I got I got my health problems, obviously, and as everybody my age has certain health problems, but nothing that has been um, pegged to um, Agent Orange exposures, which makes me a very lucky guy. I've had a great life, and here I am. Um, so, uh, what would you like to, but I, but I have been working on the agent orange issue since about 2005. Um, there was a tremendous amount of work done by other veterans, uh, starting in the mid to late 1970s, really. Um, but I didn't, uh, uh, come to this issue until somewhat later. So, uh, a question I kind of have initially because like just thinking about current uh, issues when we talk about things like burn pits and everything like that, um, when when did Vietnam veterans start noticing that uh, like these weren't isolated health incidences and that there might be a trend and it might be tied to Agent Orange? Well, that's um, I mean Vietnam veterans were complaining about uh, the health issues, about uh, their uh, spouses having. Um, uh, miscarriages and and their children having birth defects um, since the middle of the war, since the, you know, I would say 1968, 1970s, when those articles started showing up of veterans who felt that they were not being, um, um, you know, th that they had been exposed to something that had caused the Vietnam, expo the Vietnam War had caused problems with them. Um, and that gradually sort of focused in on on uh, on Agent Orange uh, in the spraying of the herbicides. And of course, it was uh, very controversial within the anti-war movement uh, from the earliest days. And being it was caused caused uh, it, the people were calling it chemical warfare and and the like, uh, which it was. I yeah, think. absolutely. But but the the. It, the, the the date that sticks out for most people is 1979 when a, a veteran by the name of Paul Rudishan um, sued uh, the chemical companies um, because he was dying of cancer uh, that he um, and he his famous statement was I was killed in Vietnam and I didn't even know it you know Damn. Um, and um, and that lawsuit uh, became a class action lawsuit and uh, was settled in 1984 for $180 million. So that's kind of considered the real beginning of, of that issue. Um, that actually kind of leads me in, into kind of an, another inquiry because you were talking about, you know, you started getting involved in 2005 um, and now talking about his advocacy. And so what, what did that advocacy look like early on uh, for these veterans? Well, veterans were veterans were organizing, um, and I think in 1984 is the year that Vietnam Veterans of America started, and that was a major issue for VVA, um, and uh, and they um, and it still is a major issue for VVA, um, and it was a, and it let, get, gave rise in 1991 uh, to a public law 
104 something or other I, I, uh, on the Agent Orange issues, which required the VA, who were doing their damnedest to ignore the, the problem, uh, required the VA to um, study the issue and not do it themselves, but to pay the National Academy of Sciences to study the issue. And the NAS turned it over to the IOM, which is a, a, an a, a, a a subset of the National Academy of Sciences. They turned it over to the Institute of Medicine and they started doing these and they had, they were, they were supposed to do biennial updates on Agent Orange for the next 10 years. So five, five studies. And uh, they quickly started coming up with a list of diseases and the list just kept getting bigger and bigger. Um, starting off initially with chloracne, which is uh, caused by acute exposure to dioxin uh, and diabetes uh, were the first two. Um, there are, and they, they did those five studies that was extended for another five studies. And I think they've done 11 total. And I don't know that there are any more planned, but now the list of diseases is 15 um, that were done as administrative acceptance of the scientific studies done by the IOM. Uh, were accepted by the VA and put on the list. However, in uh, 2020, um, there was um, the National Defense Authorization Act, this huge omnibus bill that pays the DOD everything they want, plus some, had a writer on it put, a, put forward by Josh Harder, who is the congressman from Stockton, um, to add four more diseases. Um, one of those was dropped uh, in the final version. So now there are three diseases required by law as opposed to the other way it was done uh, that will be added. So it'll be a total of 18 total. That, uh, thank you for, uh, this has been pretty informative. Um, I don't know necessarily, Victor, if you have any thoughts or questions, but something I'm also kind of wondering is like, it's interesting seeing you talk about this and talk about these parallels, but then also kind of seeing parallels to like when we talk about Gulf War syndrome or when we talk about burn pits. And then also again, seeing the government being like, well, we don't know necessarily that there's any correlation or kind of pushing back against the same way that they did when it came to Agent Orange. And, um, and so I don't know if you can speak to kind of just like what, what do you see when we talk about uh, toxic exposures with more recent generations? Uh, yeah, and I, I talk about that, but let me go back one further step before Agent Orange was the, um, the GIs who were exposed to radiation during the nuclear test during the Cold yeah. War. And there were tens of thousands of those guys who were, who were just part, they were guinea pigs. Let's put them out there in the desert and see what happens, you know, or they were part of the Navy when we were doing the uh, doing the uh, atmospheric and sub uh, ocean tests in, in the South Seas. And those guys, most of them never got any consideration at all. A few did, uh, but it wasn't ever in an organized fashion. So then came Agent Orange. And then then came the Gulf War Syndrome, which uh, is has still not been treated properly. Uh, yeah. People came up with people who were in the Gulf War and even were not even in the Gulf War <clears throat> were given vast numbers of strange and un, um, unauthorized 
vaccinations. Um, and then there was the pesticide-soaked uniforms they were given. There was the depleted uranium, which was a big issue, uh, and and so forth and so on. There were and, and exposure to the oil fires at the end of the Gulf War. Um, and those uh, the there's an organization called Veterans BC um, Veterans for Common Sense, a yeah. small organization mostly made up of of um, uh, Gulf War veterans who've some of whom are quite ill, um, but who've done tremendous work on depleted uranium and the other exposures that that create this sort of suite of of problems that Gulf War veterans have had, and and now we're in the burn pit city, uh, whereas these fools in the DOD, I mean they. In the war in Afghanistan, you got to haul everything in. You either got to fly it in or you're trucking it in, right? <clears throat> but when they're done with it, they dig a big hole in the ground and they pour in Humvees and computers and everything gets poured in there. You pour some diesel on it and set it on fire. And, uh, you know, that puts dioxin at a very minimum. A lot of dioxin comes out of burning plastics, um, but all kinds of, and it's just smoke and particulates and all of those things, uh, you know, you know about that stuff, but it, you know, why don't they just put it back in the trucks and haul it out and landfill it, you know, but no, they're, they're, they're way too smart for that. Yeah. Very adamant about burning stuff. That yeah. was, uh, well, that you mentioned that. So I was deployed to Afghanistan in 2011 mm-hmm. and like we had a burn pit out on the out- outpost that I was in. And, um, and the unit before us was tossing even munitions in that burn pit. There were times where we had our guys almost get shot just because they were burning stuff that the other unit had left before. And they were just like, how did you not identify that there's munitions in here? But then that was also kind of interesting too, because like, as I was reading and trying to do more research and understanding, I, uh, I wish I, I had the memory to retain the article, but I remember it was, it was a, from a, it was from a medical journal. It was from research. Like that was done by a bunch of people. And they were like, well, we don't know if there's a correlation between burn pits and service members and like like those types of toxic exposures, but there does seem to be a correlation between the amount of pollution in Afghanistan and injuries of service members. And I was just kind of like, so do, do we not think that these burn pits might be related to the pollution? Like the United States military is like the biggest polluter like on earth. And we somehow don't think that the military's presence in Afghanistan has anything to do with pollution that might be harming us, might be also, well, most definitely harming Afghans as well. And so it it just seemed like a weird kind of like disconnect reading it where I was like, well, we don't think the burn pits necessarily, but the levels of pollution where it's like, okay, so obviously to me, I would think that there's a relationship with that. Right. You know, exposure to diesel, which runs a lot of the vehicles in you know in afghanistan that's not that's not a healthy thing to spend a lot of time hanging around you know um and but the burn pits is really uh seems to me to be the big issue there and um i i partially because there's not as many the the population of veterans is not as great as it was during the vietnam war um and that it, I, I don't know that the same kind of organization and demands are being made uh, on, on Congress and on the VA uh, from that population. Uh, I mean, there may be things going on that I'm not all that aware of. Um, the Agent Orange stuff that I'm working on primarily, it is, 
<coughs> well, the, um, you know, the, the veterans have won a, a bunch of concessions from the government and the VA uh, on Agent Orange issues. Um, the U.S. government also, they sprayed this stuff in Vietnam, and yeah. we haven't done much for them. Now, we have actually, the, a lot has happened in the last 10 years uh, with remediation of uh, hot spots where the Agent Orange and the dioxin and the arsenic um, were, um, um, you know, were sprayed uh, or con are concentrated, have been, two, one of those has been cleaned up, Da Nang, and another airfield where the spraying uh, missions happen, Bien Hoa is, a, is uh, in the early stages of a cleanup. It's going to take them 10 years. Yeah. Okay, Paul, I was just saying that you and I had talked about your work in Vietnam previously, and I was wondering if you'd want if you'd like to to share that some of the work that you've done there. Yeah, sure. Um, so we've been working on getting the cleanup in Vietnam. Um, Barbara Lee, uh, Congressman from East Bay, has uh, put forward a bill for the last several Congresses uh, that has five elements. One is to clean up the mess in Vietnam, which is the U.S. is finally do is doing that. Um, it's also to provide some assistance to the public health system in Vietnam. Because there are 3 million Vietnamese whose health has been damaged. Uh, maybe 10% of those are children born many years after the end of the, uh, the war um, because of their parents' exposure or they were exposed themselves as uh, infants and children who have developmental problems and birth defects that are very, very serious. And it's, it's really disturbing to go into um, the countryside and visit with these families that have some utterly disabled child who's maybe 20 years old now, you know, um, even though the war was over 45 years ago, um, <clears throat> that, that have very severe birth defects and developmental disabilities that are, that are going to be their entire lives are never going to get better. Um, that, so that's two elements. That's, those are both focused on Vietnam. The a third element is that the children of U.S. veterans who have some of the same birth defects and developmental problems uh, that we see in Vietnam do not get any consideration from the VA or the U.S. government. Um, so there, there's an organization called Children of Vietnam Veterans Health Alliance, which is working very hard to uh, work through that issue and to provide some assistance and actually provide some care to those. Uh, they're now adult, adult children because Vietnam veterans are I hope not having kids at this age, but so they're mostly adults, but they're organizing to uh, um, to get some consideration from the U.S. government for those birth defects that those kids had due to their dads, primarily their dads, in some cases, their mother's exposure to dioxin in Vietnam. So that's the third thing. The fourth thing is um, assistance to the Vietnamese American community because they were in Vietnam during the war, too, and they were exposed, too. And we don't really know what their health system, what their health situation is uh, in the big picture, because there's never been a study done in the Vietnamese Americans. Uh, so we're expecting there to be a study uh, done to determine the health uh, and possible um, effects that they, due to Agent Orange exposure by Vietnamese Americans and their children. And then the last thing is to get the VA to do the health, do the research that they've always refused to do. The IOM has done tremendous reach, but the VA has never looked at its own data, just like they're not doing with the burn pits. Now, there's a burn pit 
um, registry. There's a Persian Gulf War syndrome registry, but those are just documents that are sitting there and have never been looked at by an epidemiologist uh, and done studies on. And those, you know, the Agent Orange registry, the burn pits, and the and the and the Gulf War syndrome. The VA has a tremendous amount of data and is not looking at it because they don't want to do that. They don't want. No country wants to pay the cost of its own wars. You know, we want to go over there and blow the hell out of Vietnam or Afghanistan or Yemen and, and then walk away from it. That's what we want to do. And it's really up to us as veterans and as citizens to, you know, go after that and say, you know, you can't just have a $2 trillion war. You're going to have a $4 trillion bill after the war you know, that then taking care of remediating the problems that you created in those countries and helping the veterans and their children who've been damaged by war. And wars last long, as S.W.O.R.D. says, wars last a long time after the shooting stops. Yeah. True. Um, I think some things that um, your response is calling the question is um, perhaps the responsibility that the federal government has to address some of these issues. Um, and I think what, what you've kind of enlightened me on uh, just from this discussion is uh, one, I think of you know, what is the federal government obligated to do? What they have done, is it enough? And then beyond that, some things that, that you've brought to light are um, how do they respond to those countries that they were in? Do they have an obligation to do something there or do they just simply not feel like they have to do that? Yep. Well, you know, one of the reasons we were in Afghanistan is because we went in with a lot of guns to help drive the Soviets out in the 1980s. And then we walked away from them. And they wound up, instead of helping that country after their nasty little war with the Soviet Union, uh, helping them pull their stuff together, uh, you know. So then these extremists, these Taliban, you know, tribal folks, you know, with these 14th century ideas, um, wound up in the ascendancy and 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 gave rise to the 9/11 stuff. I mean, they didn't attack us from there, but they were they were supportive of it. And uh, and then we go in well. If the only tool you have is a hammer, you know, um, and and I, I I think there's a great danger. We're going to be out of Afghanistan by September 11th, according to President Biden. Um, doesn't mean that the CIA is going to leave. It doesn't mean that mercenaries that we hire aren't going to are going to leave necessarily. But eventually, we're going to walk away and and just leave the country a, a, a cinder and let them figure out how to get out of it themselves. And that's, that's not all right. That's a, the cost of war. You have to pick up the mess, you know, in the, in the, uh, the Marshall plan at the end of world war II, after Germany had been such bastards, you know, we recognized that we had to do something and we helped rebuild France and Germany and those other countries. We spent a lot of money helping them get their economies together and that's paid off really well. We should do the same thing in Vietnam. We should do the same thing in, in Afghanistan and Iraq. You know, we have to uh, assist them in modernizing. Yeah. I mean, Iraq was a middle-class country before we went in there in 2003. Yeah. And we destroyed them. 
Um, Afghanistan was not a middle-class country, but we haven't done them any good. Yeah, that, that makes me think, um, I don't know where I've heard this before necessarily, but it's like, oh, when it comes to Europe, obviously the U.S. is willing to commit to a Marshall Plan, but then when it comes to everywhere else in the world, yeah. it's like, nope, they just rather kind of walk out on it. But thank you for this. This has been, this was uh, really informative. And, uh, and I think also like really important that we keep talking about this kind of, kind of stuff and keep um, hammering this stuff down. Cause it's like, you would think at some point the US military and the government would learn or understand uh, about things that, um, hey, this has happened before. It's something that's gonna happen again. And it's gonna something that's gonna keep happening unless we challenge how we actually address it.